hottest ticket in town. Fire! Fire! All right, well, if we're playing this, that means Sabrina did not call in in the 10 minutes, which means, Wolf, I need a caller number right now. Okay, let's go. Caller number four. Caller number four to 602-260-9870. Caller number four right now will qualify for Suns playoff tickets on Friday or Sunday night against the Denver Nuggets. I just had this, like, I read that and had the realization that these could be the last two home games of the season. But hopefully they're not. But they could be. Wow. That would really suck, Buttermilk. Can you imagine if, in fact, the Suns were to be swept by the Denver Nuggets? Even if you don't get swept, even if you win one of them and you don't win in Denver in Game 5, you know what I mean? Yeah, you're you're saying home game. Well, I'm saying these could be the last two home games of the year. Yeah. Losing five. Right. Or, okay. Right. Yeah. Or you could just win the series and all of these problems would go away. Yeah. All of them. Chris Paul would be healed and other <sighs> great things would be happening as well. Who's got to step up, Luke? Who do you think has got to step up, as a matter of fact, in lieu of Chris Paul? Well, so here's two things I will say that, that came to mind when we were talking to Eddie Johnson. Um, and I didn't get to bring him up with him because we we're going to break. But you always hear and you see. Role players play better at home. Yeah. Right? Right. Now would be a good time for that rule to kick in. <laughs> this this would be a great time, both on the sun side of things, but also like I maybe some of these Denver guys could calm down a little bit. Yeah, little help. Yeah. Little help here. <laughs> a little bit of help. It'd be so nice. Because uh, we did the math yesterday. If if Booker and Katie give you seventy points between the two of them, that's not gonna be enough. You still need a little bit more than that to win the game. So there's that. And the other thing I, I realized, and I already knew this, but it just kind of like crystallized in my, my mind today. I'm really pulling for campaign. Not not just because Me the too. Suns obviously need him, but like yeah. the guy's path to get to where he was and then to, to play such a big role in the Suns getting to the NBA Finals two years ago. And then it's kind of, you almost thought like, okay, he's arrived. I'm not saying this is what he thought, but it's like, okay, his path to get to the NBA and be a you know a contributor is here. Here he is, and it's been up and down again since then. He got a major raise after that, as a matter he of fact. He did get a major raise, that's true. Yeah, you know, listen, campaign is such a likable guy. I love watching him play. He he gives you so much. The, the energy is there. The intensity is there on both ends of the floor, offensively and defensively. It's just he's got to be under control all the time. You 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 can't be out of control ever. And campaign, I think, on both ends of the floor sometimes is out of control. Yeah, he is. I, I'm I'm fascinated by the idea that he does tend to play better when he knows he's going to play and he plays significant minutes. And Eddie Johnson talked to us about that before. He said, look, that's not just a campaign thing. Like some guy, you just you play better when you're not looking over your shoulder with any little mistake you make. For better or for worse, I think that's where we are with campaign. I'm, I'm guessing he plays a good chunk of minutes uh, tomorrow night. They don't have a ton of other options, to be quite honest. They, 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 they have not... They have not made that a priority in the offseason the last couple of years. No, they have not. And again, I think a lot of it largely is because of the belief they had in campaign, especially well, James Jones. Here you go, then. 
This is a campaign talking about uh, the fact that he has done this before, filled in for Chris Paul, and, and that gives him some confidence. I mean, that definitely gives me a lot of confidence. Uh, but like I said earlier, man, I'm just geeked to be out there. Uh, I'm, I'm just ready to go. Uh, I think all the things I do um, is something that I can, I can help my team win, just like back then, uh, my speed and all the things like that. So I just want to come just to make sure I'm ready. That's it. And the, uh, the the prior playoff reps help him as well. Oh, a ton, a ton. Uh, I mean, this is like my second game really being back since that Lakers game. So, um, it's, honestly, man, I got I got so much energy just to go out there and play. Like, I'm just geeked to be playing. Uh, honestly, like, I'm just ready to go. Hey, so we all kind of feel that it's going to be campaign, of course, that is going to eat up the large minutes that Chris Paul is going to leave, <laughs> right? Because of this injury right now, it's going to be campaign who's going to eat those minutes. You just have to ask yourself, what is your expectation of that? Like, what do you, what do you think you're going to see with campaign right now? And you were talking about this earlier. You were saying that you expect campaign to play well, correct? <laughs> Expect that's I, I I'm I believe he can. How's that? He so do I. He I believe he can as he well. This is going to be much weird. this season. I know, but he's going to be given an opportunity right now. Where I, the last time it happened, it actually worked for him and worked well. It did, and I would say this too. Two years ago, when campaign was asked to to fill in for Chris Paul in the first couple games of the Western Conference Finals. I feel like they were asking him to do more. You know what I mean? Like that team they didn't have Kevin Durant on it. Yeah. And yes, it had Mikel Bridges and they had Cam Johnson, but but it it was a different dynamic and Chris Paul was doing so much. And that's not to say Chris Paul's not doing a lot now, but I, I just feel like when they did that then it was like, Hey Cam, you gotta come in and run the show. And your job is to get Devin Booker the ball. You know what I mean? But you you gotta be run you have to basically be a faster Probably less good, Chris Paul. But but you know, be yourself, but also be Chris Paul. Yeah. Whereas now, I kind of feel like, yeah, can you give us twenty five good minutes? Uh, you know, it, book's going to help you bring the ball up the floor sometimes. KD can do it sometimes. You got two scores around you now. I, I'm not saying what he's being asked to do is easy. And again, he hasn't played more than twenty two minutes a game since December eleventh. So I'm worried about that. Yeah. But I don't. It's not like campaign has to win them the game tomorrow. No, you're right about that. But, you know, it's so weird because there are certain types of human beings, of course. And even at the highest level, um, our species can generate. Even at competing in the NBA, in the NFL, in the NHL, and Major League Baseball, of course, right? All of these sports that we love so much. Even competing at the highest levels right now, there are types of individuals. And campaign is is kind of a type, I think. This is just me. But it's it's looking like he's one of these guys that if you believe in him, he believes in him. Yeah, I think there's a part <laughs> of that. Does that make sense yeah. to you right there? And if you believe in him and you're going to give him the opportunity to go out and play, he's going to respond in a positive way. And I expect him to respond in a positive way to this opportunity. I do. I do, too. And it doesn't make sense. Why? Why would that be the case? Why? He has done it in the past. This is not like a, hey, I think he can. There's that. seen him do it. There's that. And there's the fact. And it is a fact. Once again, some human beings respond better. If you believe in them, they believe in them. 
All right, we need you, Suns fans, more than ever to rally the Valley for Game 3 and Game 4. Text TICKET to 620-620. Register and listen for your name today during the 5 o'clock hour for your chance to qualify for Game 3 and Game 4 tickets. See the Suns take on the Nuggets. That's TICKET to 620-620. When we come back, we'll read and react some of the top headlines in the sports world with of heroes and headlines. This is a new producer Wolf segment. Never done it before. I'm excited. Yeah. All right, it's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Heroes. I understand media and I understand how it works, but that's why I'm here today and I'm telling you what it is. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. You think you want to just go out and hoop, but you're trying to manage what story is dropping. It's time to read and react to the latest headlines in the sports world. Like, is there an Aaron Rodgers headline that I won't believe? This is Of Heroes and Headlines with Wolf and Luke. All right, brand new segment, and I don't know what's going on. So, Wolf, why don't you explain this? Because this is a this is part of the producer Wolf uh, umbrella. Yeah. yeah, I guess you could say that, Luke. Honestly, right now, of heroes and headlines, based on audience, how many headlines do you read, and it just grabs your attention, right? Um, many times misleading. So, what I thought we would do, especially all the quarterback information that is out there, all the quarterback news that is out there today. In the National Football League. Let's go ahead and play a round of heroes and headlines. Get the headlines and then just react gutturally to the headline itself. What does it make you think of? What is it going to make you say? It's of heroes and headlines. So you said NFL headlines, but I did throw a basketball in there too. Oh, okay. So we'll, see. so we'll see if we get to it. But the first one. Ravens will hold press conference with Lamar Jackson. On Thursday, which is today. Is <laughs> and it already happened. And it already <laughs> happened. I was like, wait a minute, I just watched this press conference. Okay, so this is great. Ravens will hold press conference with Lamar Jackson today. What do you think they're going to do, ladies and gentlemen? What do you think they've done, if you haven't heard so far? They're probably going to explain to you why nobody wanted Lamar. (laughs) But you signed him to a $260 million contract. And I say that, of course, it makes me react. I still can't believe somebody did not sign Lamar Jackson to a contract and give up two number ones. I can't believe that. Even even sitting here right now, knowing he's a Raven, once again, I can't believe there isn't somebody out there that said, this guy is a former MVP, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league, we're going to go out and give up two number ones to get him. I would have loved an explanation, and I haven't heard the press conference, obviously, because we've been doing the show. Um I don't know that we're ever getting an explanation for it, and, and it doesn't make any sense to me unless teams just assumed, oh, okay, it'll get, you know, if, if we try to make that deal with the Ravens or whatever, they're going to find a way to keep him. I don't know. I really, <laughs> the guy won the MVP just a couple years ago, and there are plenty of teams that when week one hits, their quarterback is definitely considerably worse than Lamar Jackson. Yeah, it made me think they're going to call the press conference so they can explain. <laughs> Why nobody wanted him, and you gave him $260 billion. And I say nobody wanted him. Of course, somebody wanted him. They just didn't want to give up two number ones, which still, again, 
blows my mind. I'd still take Lamar Jackson over 20 quarterbacks in the NFL easily. Easily. Kirk Cousins. I want to be with the Vikings, so hopefully I can earn the right to do that. (laughs) (laughs) You know, honestly, my first thought goes to all the Vikings fans you see on social media every week during the NFL season. And all the Vikings fans you may know, because I don't know many of them that are huge Kirk Cousins fans. I love that. I love a headline that includes Kirk Cousins, colon, (laughs) right? Kirk Cousins, colon, of course. I want to be with the Vikings, so hopefully I can earn the right to do that. You know what that made me think of, Bay Sonornings? Kirk Cousins is such a good guy. He is a good guy. He really is. And that's the problem. (laughs) All right. Ryan Tannehill on Will Levis. Hope he adds to QB room. My job is to win games. (laughs) I Actually, I really like this one. Because does that not sound like, yeah, you can ask me about the rookie. I'm the starter. That's basically what he just said right there. Yeah, I hope he has something relevant to say when we're having our quarterback meetings. My job is to actually go out there and win the game. Oh, my goodness. Um, This I laughed out loud. That's not why they drafted him, Ryan. When I read this headline, I laughed out loud based on audience of for obvious reasons, but it also made me think, is is Ryan Tannehill hurt or butthurt? That is, that is the question that we've got to ask right now, because he just, he just kind of spanked Will Levis in the face. Here, I have the actual audio of this okay, one, so we, we, we can try and speculate based on the tone of Ryan Tannehill's voice. Yeah, we've, we've been down this road uh, before, so it's definitely uh, a little bit of deja vu. Um, but like I said, um, Mike and Rand make those decisions. My job is to go out and, and try to win football games. Is that a shot at that was Willis? A, that wasn't it, though, was right? It's, I hope he adds to the quarterback room. My job is to win games. That, that is what I love right there. He makes it sound like in that cut right there that the reason that they didn't go with Malik Willis as the starter is because Ryan Tannehill is just so good that he couldn't be unseated. (laughs) And I feel like that's maybe not how everybody else sees that situation. Hey, Will, welcome to the quarterback room in Tennessee, by the way. Aaron Rodgers says he'll be at more than half of the remaining offseason practices. <laughs> That's the headline based on it's right there. Aaron Rodgers says he'll be at more than half of the remaining offseason practices. All right. Well, my immediate thought is how many are there left? And if you tell me there are 12, then that means Aaron Rodgers will be at seven. Like I, that to me sounds like, ah, you know, you could buy this for under five hundred dollars. It's four hundred ninety nine ninety nine. Like uh, he's going to be the bare minimum over half. I would take that bet if you <laughs> that he's going to be there at seven. I, I seriously, I don't think he's going to be there at half. That's just me right now, okay? Because he already said he was going to be at all of them. Well, it is going down every time he talks. It's going yeah. down, right? <laughs> um. I wrote down my reaction to this was uh, more than half, Aaron? Really? Can you spare it, Aaron? (laughs) Are you going to be okay? I mean, don't put yourself out or anything like that. Don't get crazy and come to to all of them. Do another darkness retreat. Wait, so you already knew the headlines ahead of time? Yeah. So then I'll throw no. out new ones, I okay? purposely didn't. I don't know what any of these are. Oh, okay. I see. That's good. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Peter Skaronsky okay. says Arthur Smith told him, you're really boring me in Combine interview. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, that's that's so awesome. That is so true, isn't it? He he told them that. Yes. You're really boring me. Oh my goodness. That's, that makes for an awkward interview. You know what though? That's great, isn't it? Just tell the kid the truth. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> Peter Skaronsky, too. That that's what you want out of a player, especially an offensive lineman. You want him to be low keyed, go about your business, drive somebody into the ground, get up and do it again. And be very boring me. during interviews. Yes. That's a great headline. I did not see that. <laughs> I love that. Suns owner Matt Ishbia on feud with Cavs Gilbert. He doesn't like me. I don't like him. <laughs> That's the headline right there. Okay. Um, that feels like that's probably pretty true. Because yeah. they, they've had a couple months now to be like, oh, you know, the media played this. Neither one of them okay. has shot it down. So, Basinonians, the headline is written for what? It's to grab your attention, isn't it? And it's to make you want to read the column, correct? Or yes. the article. It's for clicks. Yes, yes, that's what it's for. Does that make you want to read that story on Dan Gilbert and Matt Ishbia? Yeah, it does. It does. That's a good one right there. We haven't had a good like owner rivalry and uh, maybe ever. Not the one that I can think of. Seriously, I, I'm I'm trying to think. When has that happened? There, there's God, so I'm just forgetting. I like that. I don't mean like a feud that comes up for a week. Jerry or something. Jones. Like, yeah, that's true. He probably has one with somebody. But you, you, these guys didn't like each other before they were NBA owners. <laughs> like, that's the best part. Yeah. Jerry Jones and Daniel Snyder. How about that? Well, nobody likes Daniel Snyder. Yeah. And Jerry Jones, for a while there, didn't seem to get along with anybody. Right. Yeah. L. Davis. Yeah, okay. Who did L? Well, L didn't like anybody. Okay, well, that'll do it. Okay, next. Packers announce Jordan Love's contract extension. (laughs) Boy, that's an interesting one. Quietly. Did they say what? I guess I can't ask you because that's the the headline. Oh, my goodness. He hit the post of a song that's not even a song. what What are you doing? It's just so innate. Quietly, the Packers went ahead and announced the contract extension of Jordan Love. This kid's getting a one-year deal worth up to $22.5 million with $13.5 million guaranteed. He better be really good. <laughs> That's all I can say. It's a one-year contract. This is it. What do you got, big guy? Maybe things would have gotten weird with Aaron Rodgers either way, but they really started getting weird with Aaron Rodgers when the Packers drafted Jordan Love instead of actually drafting pieces to help Aaron Rodgers. So he he better be good because now Aaron Rodgers is gone and you have a fan base that's used to Hall of Fame caliber quarterback play. Uh, all right. Thank you, Aaron. When we come back, uh, first of all, Texas, your thoughts. The FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. When we come back, could the Suns potentially swap DeAndre Ayton out for another big-name player this offseason. Wait until you hear the big-name player before you're like, yes, I'm in. It's Wolf and Luke at Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. Wolf and Luke talk Suns Nuggets now. All right, DeAndre Ayton 
speaking uh, after practice today, Wolf, I haven't heard these yet, obviously, because I've been sitting here with you talking to you. Okay? you. So I'm just going to fire some of these off. One of them, D.A., talking about being desperate heading into Game 3. This new adversity um, is all a part of the playoffs. And the thing is, it's really enlightening us, you know. Um, we the, uh, Now we got a good and grind. Now we're desperate. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, I kind of like it. You know, um, it's nothing. Uh, we got nothing to lose, to be honest. So, you know, just to have that feeling so early in the series and, you know, know that, you know, God, everything really counts, you know, right now. And, you know, just to be back home, having this feeling is great. Um, it's a good feeling. Um, it's not like we're going, we're at their place and we're going to too so, uh, it's, it's good to be back in the Valley knowing that, you know, we're about to have our fans on our side and, you know, um, the arena's about to be ours for a little bit. Wow, that's kind of cool right there. It's one of the things I love the most about D.A. is he's fascinated with the process and and loves it and engages it. He he told you he feels good that he's up against it, kind of desperate, the situation right now. And it feels good to be like that. And we're coming home and we know what we've got to do. And... You know what? Um, he needs to learn how to manufacture that desperation. I'm glad he feels good about it. Uh, and again, he has control over it. I don't have any control over it. I don't feel good about it. <laughs> like, I hate this. I'd much rather the Suns were up 2-0. Uh, but I, I can, I can certainly, I can understand that if you, if you're in the position, if you actually, DeAndre Ayton, what he does tomorrow night impacts the Suns. You know what I mean? It impacts. If he goes out there and has a monster game, they're going to win. Uh, if he goes out there and has a really good game, they have a chance to win. Um, it's but a tough once spot, again, though. it's a great, as a player, I, I never was nervous about playing in a game. Okay, you don't strike that. My very first NFL game, I was nervous, no doubt about that, playing against the Cleveland Browns in Cleveland. That was, that was nerve-wracking, no doubt about that. But the great thing about being a player based in Orleans is you can actually do something about it, right? You can do something about it. And it's one of the reasons why, although they will feel the desperation from time to time, because your back, metaphorically speaking, is definitely against the wall, and that does happen. The fact that you can do something about it, it alleviates a lot of the stress in a weird kind of way. It's like, as a fan, you can't really do anything about it. No, that's, I mean, the, the whole control what you can control thing that Devin Booker said, and it's the right approach, and it's it's a life lesson, too. Well, that's that's born out of the idea that it's really frustrating when, the, when it feels like the important stuff in your life you have no control of, right? <laughs> but, okay, but at least control what you can control. If you feel like you're not getting the opportunities you want in your life or whatever, at least control what you can control to be ready for them when they come along. Yes. That's basically where the sons are. They can't. There's nothing they can do today that guarantees a win tomorrow. But they can put themselves in the best possible position where if Denver opens the door, yes. they got it. They have to be able to take it. Yes. And again, um, I think because of the desperation and the situation they're in right now and the confidence that they already have as professional athletes and especially the confidence they have with the talent they have inside that locker room, I would expect them to come out in a very prime position to give their best, their very best. I would expect the Denver Nuggets to get the Phoenix Suns very best right now. Now, I know as a team collectively, maybe it's not going to be the best because you don't have Chris Paul in the lineup. He's going to miss the game and maybe game four and game five as well. We don't know. He's day-to-day. But um, 
you're going to get the Phoenix Suns best, you would imagine, in Game 3. If you're the Denver Nuggets, brace yourself. Uh, now, I got more DA audio on a play, and we'll play some in the final segment uh, as well. But this... Gambo dropped this on everybody yesterday, okay, early in their show, right after ours, obviously two to six every weekday. Uh, and I mentioned this to you before. I was, I was still in the newsroom when he said this. And then, so I was, <laughs> I didn't know what he had said. And Dave Burns walked out. I was like, Hey, Burns, what's going on? He's just like, I, that was, I wasn't prepared for that segment because it kind of, you know, it's, it's a big, it's a big thing to throw out there. And anybody that knows Gambo, he doesn't just make stuff up and throw it out there. It doesn't mean this is going to happen, but what if, okay? This is what he said yesterday. I would not rule out a Kyrie Irving for DeAndre Ayton trade in the offseason. Oh, whoa, whoa. I know. Oh, oh, I would not rule out Kyrie Irving oh, for DeAndre Ayton. <laughs> I don't, I'm telling you, I think that there's a possibility. KD loves Kyrie. I don't think the Luka Kyrie thing worked out. Kyrie could, there's only like three teams with cap space, so it's so going to have to be a sign and trade. It has to be a sign and trade with Kyrie because he's a free agent, right? So Dallas would yeah. have to re-sign. Sign and, and trade because there, there had been some speculation that the Mavs might like DeAndre Ayton. We need to find a way to. No! Barf bag, please. The, the Dave Burns reaction out of that and put it into other sound bites. Because yeah. if you just heard his reaction, you'd be like, Burnsy, what's going on, man? Like, what, what could you. And then if you actually hear what he's reacting to, he basically verbalized what we were all feeling yes. hearing that right like yeah. I, and I you know this i've long felt if the suns bow out of these playoffs earlier than we all believe they should and the second round would certainly be that um then deandre ayton those questions come up again this offseason whether whether you think deandre ayton is a great player or you think he's an underachiever whatever you think it doesn't it doesn't even really matter they're going to be looking to make moves and you go back to where you were last offseason, except now he's tradable. I'm not saying you should trade him. I'm just saying if they bow out early, and I've felt this way for four months, that it's going to come up again. But even if you want to move DeAndre Ayton, and you and you see it scrolling across the ticker one night, yeah, it's Phoenix Suns trade DeAndre Ayton for, do you really want to see Kyrie Irving being the name coming back? Don't you dare, man. <laughs> no, don't do it. I'll keep D.A. I'm, yeah. I'm plenty fine with D.A. You know, you stop and think about it right now. Do you think Kyrie Irving would have been highly motivated to go to the Dallas Mavericks and really fit in and really help them? Who and, knows? You know, reportedly, of course, um, and this is not going to be a surprise to anybody who follows this, but Luka Doncic was walking around and he was not himself. He was not himself in the second half of the season. The happy-go-lucky Luka Doncic disappeared. Now, I've listened. I I don't know if you can point to Kyrie Irving on that and say, aha. I just know that um, wherever Kyrie Irving seems to go, something bad happens to the culture of a team. So... Would you agree with yes, that? Yes, 100%. Yeah. Oh, okay. 100%. And, okay. and, and you saying that made me think of two things, okay? Because because the reports... Kyrie, would, he would have been on his best behavior that was going his to the Dallas behavior. Mavericks. That was it. That's as good as it gets. And look what happened. He didn't, he didn't do anything you got to be kidding me. Um, the Luka thing, it, it sounded like he was starting to get upset because he didn't have a piece to work with because they let Jalen Brunson go in the offseason and moved him, okay? So... Lucas starts to get a little less happy. Then you bring in Kyrie. Who knows what that does to a guy? I can only imagine what then your team 
basically throwing games at the end of the year to purposely miss the playoffs does for a guy. And and before I get the garbage that we got from Dallas when that was happening as well, what are you going to do as a play-in team anyway? Uh, how's Miami doing as a play-in team? Yeah. Pretty good. Right. Uh, the Lakers, Lakers. Lakers. Lakers yeah, are a play-in team? Yeah. Pretty good. If Luka Doncic is so great, and he is actually a really good player, shouldn't you be trying to get into the playoffs? So <clears throat> if he's upset with Dallas going forward... I'm not going to hold it against them. But but what you were just saying, two things with, with the, a Kyrie trade. One, and I've said this before, Dallas doesn't get DeAndre Ayton. You don't get to have DeAndre Ayton and Luka Doncic out of that class. No, you don't get <laughs> no. them both. Okay. Two, Kyrie's your problem. We're not bailing you out, Dallas. Maybe if you were Atlanta, maybe if you were whoever, but not not Dallas. You I'm not helping Dallas. Yeah, you made that deal. Yeah. As Wolf says... Taste it. Yeah, right. Exactly. You can figure out your own problem. Let me just say, DeAndre Ayton, I said this before, he's a mad king. I think we all understand that. But Kyrie Irving, to me, because of what he does to the culture, is a bad king, if you know what I mean. All right, we come back. Final segment of the show. Devin Booker's leadership will be put to the test, certainly tomorrow and going forward in this series. We'll get into that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the home of Phoenix Suns basketball. Suns playoff coverage presented by Michelob Ultra. Wolf and Luke talk Suns Nuggets now. Our right, final segment of the show here on this Thursday afternoon. I want to play this cut. Again, I haven't heard this yet because this is all from DeAndre Ayton this afternoon, Wolf, but... Uh, he was asked about Devin Booker's message to the locker room after Game 2. And, and, and before I play this, I, I will say this. Everybody's looking at Devin Booker for leadership right now, right? And, and he's a leader on this team, so that makes a lot of sense. Yes. I I've, I can't help but go back a couple months ago when they got Kevin Durant. And the conversation was, oh, you know, KD's not a leader. And then it was kind of like, oh, maybe KD leads different ways. And then there was even the Monty clip where he's like, we're not asking KD to be a leader. Chris Paul can still help. He just can't play. But he's still around the team. But I absolutely believe Kevin Durant is a leader in this situation. He's been in situations where his team was down two games in the playoffs and they've come back and won. The, I, what better experience could you possibly have, right? I, it's As many playoff series as Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton have been in over the last three years, and this is their eighth, and, and Chris Paul, you know, when specifically with this group, they've never been down two games and come back and won the series. They haven't. So, yeah, absolutely, Kevin Durant is a big leader in this role, whether he anticipated being one or not. But here's DeAndre Ayton on what Devin Booker said to the team. Yeah, he really also said have fun, man. He said it with a smile on his face. Man. You know, because um, that's really, really what it's all about. You know, we're some young dudes in a position where people wish they could be in. And, uh, you know, it's fun. And uh, just competing and knowing that, you know, the adversity when it hits and knowing that we love this adversity and you having a team around you that, you know, dwells on things like that, it, it tends to, uh, you know, be contagious to where how we approach the game to fight back. You know, that book, book is big on that. You can't really knock him down. You know what I'm saying? Oh, if you think he's knocked down, he, he's going to show that he can get back up. So, yeah, he definitely made that contagious and made that well-known that, yo, we about to have some fun. We're going back home and we about to turn up. Man, yeah, you know what? Honestly, right there, it's one of the things I love the most about Devin Booker. I truly believe he is embracing this moment and this opportunity. He sees this as an opportunity to go out and compete. It's supposed to be hard, right? It's supposed to be difficult. It's supposed to be this way. 
So embrace it and understand this is good. We're up against it. What are you going to do about it, right? (laughs) I love that spirit of competition inside a book. If this team takes on Devin Booker's personality, you at least know that they're not going to believe they're done until the final whistle. That of of the fourth loss in a series. Because, and, and you know, honestly, we kind of joked about it last series. Russell Westbrook is wired the same way. They're not the same player. But Russell Westbrook doesn't realize when his team is done. Devin Booker's team is not done. And the other part of what DeAndre Ayton just said right there, you know, a lot of people would love to be in this position. Well, yeah, yes. every single fan, media member, would love to be in that position. But how about, how about I'm going to throw a couple groups at you, okay, Wolf? And you tell me if they would like to be down 2-0 in this series right now. Okay. Um, the Milwaukee Bucks. Yes, they yeah, would. I think they would much rather be yes. down 2-0 in this series than sitting at home. Hey, right let's now. ask Jay Crowder. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Oh, that was too soon. Uh, I mean, look, any any team in Memphis, Sacramento, all these teams that are yeah, out, they exactly would much rather right. be in the play. And, good, and these are all teams with better records than the Suns this season. All teams that had better records that would much, they'd love to take their chances down 2-0 in a best-of-seven series right now. I just really hope they, they feel uncomfortable. And that feeling of being uncomfortable down 0-2 in this series really comes to the surface in Game 3. I can't wait to see that. You know, when you compete and you compare, you, you prepare yourself to actually compete based on audience. You can never be out of control. You always have to be under control when you do this, when you prepare to actually go out there and compete. Don't ever be out of control. Let it sit. You got to sit in it and kind of wallow a little bit in your misery. It's not a bad thing. It's the reason why I was kind of excited the Suns were going to have four days to sit in it. (laughs) You just got to, it puts you on edge and you get to mentally, truly prepare for what you're going to have to do, how you're going to have to play, and what you're going to have to give as a player. And I love that. If you're going to be down 0-2, Sit in it and stew. I like that. So we'll see how they come out in Game 3. Uh, maybe they come out angry, like uh, Joe Missoula and the Boston Celtics last night. Here he is after the game. What did you like about that from the get-go? They were angry, frustrated. Joe, what have the last 48 hours been like for your team? Angry, pissed. And did you like that? Did you like their yes. what was going on the last couple of days? Yes. Nobody wants to ask about all the adjustments we made from game one to game two. He says as he's walking away. <laughs> yeah, that basically uh, tells me they must have been asking him about the adjustments in game one. Yeah, right? that's I'm assuming. Yes, of course. Yeah. Yes, I missed that. Oh, story. we just won by 34. Nobody has any questions about the adjustments. Okay, right. We got beat without Joel Embiid. The 76ers beat us in game one, so they must have been all over him about adjustments. That's my guess. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, game two was a completely different game, but I love I, I love the fire coming from him right now, and the truth coming from him in regard to how angry his team was and frustrated his team was. You know what? You you lose, especially at this level. You ought to be angry. You ought to be frustrated. The Suns right now. This is this is why you know the Denver Nuggets are. They're going to get the Phoenix Suns' best shot. Minus Chris Paul, no doubt, but still get the Phoenix Suns' best shot. What is that going to look like? See, that's... It'd be nice that's if it looked like I, a 34-point win like Boston got wouldn't last that be, night. Wouldn't that yeah. be interesting? 
How would that change the narrative surrounding this series, ladies and gentlemen? If the Suns won convincingly tomorrow, and it doesn't have to be 34. If they win the game by 14, let's say, it will absolutely change the narrative around this series. Um, I, As long as they win by one. <laughs> that's really all I care about, and that's all they care about, too. But you're right. Let's, I mean... We all know. We all know the the reality. If you go down 3-0 in an NBA playoff series, you're not winning the series. I, I don't believe it has ever happened, has it? Or if it has, it happened recently, and I'm just forgetting one recently. You're asking me. Well, I, you, I, these are the kind I, of weird numbers you have. I don't remember what I ate for dinner last <laughs> night, and you're asking me. The reality is if you go down 3-0, you're almost certainly not coming back unless something drastic happens in the series. Like Jokic just retires after the, game three. The odds are real bad. So you're right. It's everything you got tomorrow night. And quite honestly, everything the Phoenix Suns have, even without Chris Paul, should be worth a win. <laughs> you have Kevin Durant and Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton. Yeah. Everything you we have KD. at home Ain't that something? should be worth a win against Denver, who, again, is a very good team. But it's not like they were 82-0. and <laughs> They were 53-29. and They are the proverbial juggernaut in the postseason now. Apparently. Should be able who's, to get a win tomorrow. Who's the guy, Jake? Was it Jake Shapiro that we <laughs> yes. had on? Was it Jake? Yeah, it was Jake. Jake, man. I, I feel was, like you're going to call Jake if the Suns come back in this series. I, no, I, honestly. Yeah, I think we ought to call we'll him, have him for, back. for yeah. actually calling a sweep. Calling a sweep before the series. I, I think he may have been the only guy in the NBA. I think Jokic would have called a sweep before the series. I, I Seriously. That's what I'm saying. All right, that's it for us. Thanks to Aaron Maloney, what? Jesse Morrison oh. behind the glass for Wolf. I'm Luke. We got Burns and Gambo next in Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.